I've taken the time to study the all 22 coaches film from the Buffalo Bills week two win over the Raiders, and I'm sharing my top takeaways today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Well, folks, very excited to share my thoughts on this Bills win over the Raiders. Obviously, we did the immediate reaction podcast yesterday, but now I've taken the time to study the coach's film, really dissect this football game and get into the why behind the success that the Bills had against the Raiders. And so we're going to attack this through answering some of the questions that I had. I wanted to know why did Josh Allen play so well? Why was he able to bounce back? Why was Max Crosby a complete non-factor in the game? Why did the rushing offense have so much success? Why did the Bills shut down Josh Jacobs? What happened on that first defensive drive? What's up with Jimmy G and some of the decisions that he made in the game, in addition to snap counts and all the things that we're going to make staples on these All-22 reviews, including studs and duds. So all of that is coming your way today. And really what I'm looking for are themes. So I brought up these questions. What are the themes? What are the common denominators in why the Bills had success in those certain areas that I really wanted to focus on in this All-22 review. So let's get into it. I will say this, um, the voice is better today. You guys know by the end of yesterday's podcast, I was struggling. I had plenty of hot tea and honey today. I've had some Ricola cough drops, drank plenty of water, and I think the throat is going to be okay here. Uh, for this conversation, but maybe I'll tank by the end. Who knows? But I'm ready to get into this. So first question I want to get into was, or is, why was Josh Allen so good and able to bounce back in this game? Josh goes 31 of 37 for 274 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, did not turn over the football. And in studying the tape, these are the themes, the things that stood out to me as the reasons why. First of all, I thought the play design was really good, and Josh Allen executed. He ran the offense, and that was my biggest criticism for him last week. There were some times where he ran the offense, but there were too many times where he didn't. So you had a well-designed offense, you had a good game plan, and you had a quarterback that executed it. All right. Now, you certainly didn't tune into this All-22 review to hear such a basic response, but I think at its core... That's what it came down to. I think Ken Dorsey did a good job of building in answers for Josh Allen. And what I mean by that 
are in some situations where the primary read's not available, in some situations where there's pressure looks. Ken Dorsey had those opportunities for Josh Allen built in on where to go to the football, and Josh Allen took them. I thought the route combinations were really sound. thought there was good structure within the play design in terms of having clear-out routes and that creating space for receivers to win one-on-one matchups. There was a lot of intentionality behind the play structure where you have clear outs and then routes that go to the areas where the space was cleared. And again, setting up one-on-ones, guys winning one-on-ones. I thought Josh Allen's eye manipulation was fantastic in this game. The way that he worked progressions, the places where he started his eyes, being able to do full field scans, pump fakes, moving defenders out of space to allow receivers to get to that space and then throwing them the football. Josh was real comfortable back there. I thought Josh Allen was extremely accurate, and I think that's one of my big takeaways through two games with Josh Allen, especially in the shorter throws. You know, Josh Allen, I thought, even as he's become an elite quarterback in the NFL, I always thought some of his ball placement on shorter throws was kind of goofy at times. I think even in the Jets game and, of course, in this Raiders game, I think Josh Allen's accuracy on those shorter throws has been really good, and it's allowing players to catch the ball, turn and running, and produce after the catch. I think you've seen that through two games, and that's another reason why Josh was so successful against the Raiders. We saw a big uptick in play action. 25.6% of Josh Allen's throws were play action passes. What was it last week? Around 14%. So we almost doubled that. Ken, get it up to 30, 35%. You're not going to make me mad. I would love to see that even higher. Josh Allen on those play action passes, 8 of 10, 88 yards and a touchdown. Of course, you had good pass protection in this game. Josh was comfortable in the pocket. I thought he managed the pocket fairly well. He was only pressured on 9 of 39 dropbacks. And when Josh was under pressure, 5 of 7 for 33 yards and two touchdowns. And so Josh made the most of those opportunities. But the bottom line is, you could tell, he went back to a lot of fundamentals, had a good week of practice, had a good game plan, and Josh went out there and executed. He was comfortable. He was confident. Played good football. Very satisfied with the bounce back from Josh Allen and excited to see him stack performances. The next question that I wanted to answer in studying the tape was, well, why was Max Crosby a non-factor? Elite NFL pass rusher, didn't have an impact on the game. No sacks, no quarterback hits. And we've spent some time giving Spencer Brown credit for stepping up, and I think that's true to an extent. But I think the overall plan by the Bills offense is what contributed to keeping Max Crosby in check. The entire offense contributed here. And so, yes, most of the opportunities were for Spencer Brown to face Max Crosby, but Ken Dorsey and Aaron Cromer had the right plan to help. And so, first of all, let's talk about Spencer Brown. Now, I think Spencer Brown, first of all, did a good job of playing him outside in and taking away that that outside rush that, you know, is an offensive tackle. You don't want to win. You don't want to lose around your outside hip. And I thought Spencer did a good job of of forcing Max Crosby to work back inside quite a bit. 
And in those instances, and in a lot of instances, the protection schemes for the Bills were designed to free up the guard, Osiris Torrance, in situations where Crosby was aligned over Spencer Brown, so that Osiris Torrance could help. And so Spencer's taking away the outside rush, and he knows he's got inside help from Osiris Torrance. You saw that work quite a bit. And even sometimes when Crosby was over Dawkins, you saw the same type of thing. Now, that's only made possible if you're sound on the backside of where Crosby is. So you need to, in a situation where he's lined up over Spencer Brown, Mitch Morse, Connor McGovern, Deion Dawkins have to handle a lot to free up Torrance to provide that inside help. And I thought that was very effective. And so, yes, Spencer Brown deserves a lot of credit, but collectively the offensive line took care of business, which enabled them to be creative with their protection schemes. Also, Spencer Brown, I thought he used his length very effectively in this game. I thought his punch timing was sound. I thought Josh Allen felt pressure and managed the pocket well. And so you saw that. The other thing that Ken Dorsey had cooked up for this game was a lot of help from tight ends and running backs, some from running backs, but a lot from tight ends. And of course, giving Spencer Brown help with a tight end aligned outside of him, which does a couple of things. First of all, it makes the path in the distance longer for Max Crosby to get to the quarterback. But then what was happening was the tight ends were able to get a chip or a piece of Max Crosby and then have a delayed release into a route. And those were easy throws for Josh Allen to hit. So you saw, I would guess, five, six different occasions where a tight end stays in to help on Crosby, releases into space, Josh Allen hits that throw, and there's completions and and yardage created. Josh took that several times. So what made Max Crosby a non-factor? A bunch of stuff but mostly an overall effort, starting with Spencer Brown, starting with the other four offensive linemen doing their job, allowing Osiris Torrance to help on occasion, using chippers, using those tight ends, and then not just keeping them there to to block, but you know get a piece of them and then get out into space. I thought the timing there was really good. Josh Allen managed the pocket well, and you're able to keep a great pass rusher at bay. Now, I think one of the things that helps the Bills in this situation is that There's not a whole lot of other threats there on that Raiders defensive line. I think they need some help there. He needs a couple other guys that can can rush or else they're going to kind of ruin a great player in Max Crosby. But I thought the Bills, under all those circumstances, did a great job with Max Crosby, and it was an overall uh, effort. And and look, Spencer Brown had a few instances where he was one-on-one against Max Crosby, and Max Crosby took him to school. I mean, he got twisted up. I mean, some of the stuff that, you wouldn't like, but I thought in those moments, Josh Allen knew that Spencer didn't have help and was able to adjust the way that he played the down, knowing that Spencer didn't have help. And so it was a really a collective, a collective effort there by the Bills offense to keep Max Crosby at bay. All right, we got a bunch more to get into, including why the Bills ran the ball so well against the Raiders, but first. I need to tell you about Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace 
Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Folks, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the time. There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, folks, the next thing that I want to get into today is, well, why did James Cook and the Bills' rushing offense have so much success against the Raiders? Bills ran the ball 35 times, 183 yards, two touchdowns. James Cook gets his first career 100-yard rushing performance. You saw Latavius Murray get involved. You saw Damian Harris get involved. You saw Josh Allen not get involved, right? That's always great when the Bills can run the football, and it's not because Josh Allen had a bunch of great scrambles. This was legit running the football and being successful with it. So why did this happen? The run blocking was terrific. We talked about this last week on this All-22 review against the Jets. I told you they were close. They were really close. There were some timing issues that really got in the way of the Bills being a little bit more explosive, running the football, especially against a fast, physical, good Jets defensive front. Those adjustments were made, and the timing was much better. He had good play design. The Bills used a ton of pullers. Mitch Morse, Connor McGovern, even Spencer Brown getting involved, moving, pulling, trapping, getting out in space, hitting blocks. But simply put, those guys up front, the five offensive linemen and the tight ends, they won the line of scrimmage. They created movement. They created displacement, and it made it, fairly easy for the Bills running backs to make good decisions and pound the rock. The timing and the coordination of the run scheme was efficient. And again, the Bills continue to, this year, lean into gap runs. 20 gap runs in this game, seven zone. And what's important there is Over the last couple of years, I felt like the Bills tried so hard to be this zone-rushing offense, and it was never effective. And then about midway through the season, they leaned more into gap concepts. They're just staying with the gap stuff this year, and I think that's a very, very smart move. And so you just had really good coordination and really good run blocking. I thought Connor McGovern, in particular, stepped up in a big, big, big way. One of my biggest criticisms last week for the Bills' offensive line was Connor McGovern just not feeling like he was in sync with the rest of the guys. That got ironed out quick because he was terrific in this game. He was getting after people, running his feet, creating displacement, very effective as a polar as well. And so you had good run blocking. And then James Cook, let's get into him a little bit, 123 yards rushing. 84 of that came after contact. James Cook was able to sustain himself through contact quite a bit 
and keep moving. Again, 84 of his 123 yards came after contact. He forced five missed tackles. James Cook played good football, and I still think there's some meat on the bone for him. There's still some instances where he is pressing a little bit too hard and to try to like move defenders and widen some rushing lanes where sometimes you just got to go, man. Just go. Just go. And I think he'll have even more success, but I'm sure they're going to see that on tape. Coach Skip Kelly, the running back coach, they'll talk about that and get it corrected because I thought it was even better this week. Don't have to press so hard before kind of getting up uphill or downhill, excuse me. I'll say one thing, though, about the rushing offense. Let's Can we just mention the zone read play? Josh Allen on the goal line does the goofy hurdle. That was part of the failed goal line sequence, and we talked about the, the two plays after that on yesterday's podcast. Shotgun, Latavius Murray handoff from the one, and then shotgun, you know, Deontay Hardy falls, and Josh Allen forces one to Dawson Knox. The play before that was the zone read, and Josh, Josh should have scored a touchdown. He he didn't see it effectively. I think he was scouting out his buddy Marcus Epps and wanted to jump over him or something. But if he just tucks that ball up inside the block from Deion Dawkins, that's a touchdown. And so I think Josh was Josh was not thinking straight in that moment. And, and so not only did he make the wrong read, but also put himself on the line in a goofy situation. So if I had a criticism for the rushing offense, that's definitely something that stands out to me. All right, let's talk about um, offensive snap counts as we tie a ribbon on the offensive piece of this All-22 review. The Bills were on the field for 78 offensive snaps. Josh Allen at quarterback, 74 of them. Kyle Allen comes in for four. And on those four Kyle Allen snaps, they ran the ball twice and then two kneel downs. For the offensive line, Osiris Torrance and Spencer Brown played all 78 snaps. Connor McGovern and Deion Dawkins played 74. Mitch Morse played 72, and then Ryan Bates played six. Again, Mitch Morse had like an equipment issue, had to miss a couple of snaps, and then, of course, he got pulled with the other starters late. David Edwards, Ryan Vandemark played four snaps. The wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, 68 of the 78 offensive snaps. Gabe Davis, 58. Trent Shurfield, 32. Uh, Deontay Hardy, 15. Khalil Shakir, 12. So Trent Shurfield getting a big... Big workload. I know he didn't, I don't think he's caught a pass yet in two games, but he's out there run blocking. He's running routes. And right now it's, it feels like he's the third receiver, if you will. Tight ends, you're still seeing a ton of 12 personnel. This is definitely who the Bills are. Dawson Knox, 55 of 78 offensive snaps. Dalton Kincaid, 47. Quentin Morris got on the field for 15. When it comes to running backs, James Cook, 46 of 78 snaps. Latavius Murray, 18. Damian Harris, 14. Reggie Gilliam had nine. So that's the offensive piece of this conversation. Now let's talk about some of the defense. And the first thing I want to talk about defensively is, well, why did the Bills shut down Josh Jacobs? How were they able to be so successful shutting down a running back that had 1,600 yards last year? Well, the defensive line dominated. They absolutely dominated. And I think three guys in particular, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Greg Rousseau, those guys played high-level run defense. They stayed in their gaps. They were able to reset the line of scrimmage. And from there, Terrell Bernard and Matt Milano were able to just fly downhill. And in particular, Terrell Bernard. 
dude was playing fast and physical downhill football. I think a big part of that was how the front was able to control the action. And you're talking about just a downhill gap run scheme by the Raiders. And so it's kind of easy reads for Terrell Bernard, especially when the defensive line is winning up front. And TB's just firing his gun, triggering over and over again, meeting Josh Jacobs in the hole and shutting him down. I mean, you want to talk about about a guy that met the moment. It's Terrell Bernard. Exceptional run defense in this game. I thought his pass coverage was once again really good. I talked about it last week against the Jets, but his feel is tremendous. I mean, he plays with such good vision in pass coverage right now where you know he's got a lot of responsibility to read the quarterback and move and shift and kind of just leverage routes and take throws away. And so it's one thing to be able to read the quarterback and move laterally and all that, but his his feel for what's going on behind him looks really good right now. Now, he's not Jermaine Edmonds in terms of like coverage depth and 35-inch arms and taking throws off the menu that way, but he takes throws off the menu with his ability to read the backfield and then just sense what's behind him. Very, very, very effective. So I think Terrell Bernard, again, two weeks in a row playing really good football. And I know we're talking about Josh Jacobs in the runoff run defense, but I had to get on a little side tangent there for TB because my guy has stepped up through two games. But the run defense was, was outstanding. Again, controlling the line of scrimmage. The Bills were ready for the style of run game that the Raiders like to employ. They were willing to play some heavier boxes, but it didn't matter. It was about Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Greg Rousseau dominating up front, and Terrell Bernard firing his gun and making play after play after play. That's what happened there. All right, in just a moment, we're going to talk about what happened on that first defensive drive have some thoughts on Jimmy G and how other quarterbacks may play the Bills moving forward. Defensive snap counts, studs and duds all coming your way. But first, I got to tell you about prize picks. Folks, check out prize picks. It is the funnest, the easiest, the fastest way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is incredible. It's just you versus the numbers. I love this. It's not you versus thousands of other players, including pros and including sharks. It's just you versus the numbers. All you do is you select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats. You place your entry. That's it. Doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute. And then when you win, the withdrawals are super quick and super easy. I love watching football. Love it even more when I have a prize picks entry. It just makes it that much more exciting. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use our promo code locked on NFL. That'll get you a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. Let's talk about what happened on that first defensive drive because the Bills' defense was so good throughout the game. But five plays, 75 yards, touchdown. And let's be honest, we were a little nervous there to start the game, right? They go five plays, 75 yards, touchdown, three and out on offense, and you're starting to question everything about the Bills, right? Like I said yesterday, by the end of the game, that opening drive, on both sides of the ball, felt like 100 years ago. But the Bills did give up a very, I mean, the Bills looked like warm butter right on that first drive. So let's talk about it. What happened here? So first and 10 from the 25, we know what happens there. First play of the game, Ed Oliver blows up Greg Van Roten. Josh Jacobs runs right into him. Tackle for loss, four yards loss on the play. Second and 14. 
thought the Raiders had a really, really well-designed screenplay. Looked like a straight drop-back pass, um, and then it looked like Josh Jacobs was just going to step up and pass pass block, and then as soon as he got to about the line of scrimmage, he leaks out. Jimmy G dumps it off. A couple of blockers get out in space, and he's able to get 12 yards on second and 14. Now, also on that play, the Bills linebackers were still kind of communicating, and when the ball was snapped, they weren't even looking at the 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 line of scrimmage, right? They they were talking to each other. So I think that contributed to it as well, right? It's kind of poor recognition, but also poor recognition because they were kind of tardy to get set. Then on third and two, right? You're thinking, okay, get off the field. Jimmy G just dropped an absolute dime to Devontae Adams. The ball came out very quick. It was a spot throw. Devontae Adams makes a great adjustment. And it's a completion, right? Greg Rousseau had a touch of pressure on this on the snap, but I mean Jimmy G got the ball out so quick. I mean, he got it and just kind of threw it to a spot, and Devontae Adams got there. I think you just tip your hat and move on. That's just a great play by them. But then the next two plays are really where things got off the rail. First and ten from the 50. The Raiders give you an unbalanced look. What I mean by that is you have three Raiders players to the left of the center. You've got five to the right of the center. And then from there, it's this jet motion handoff. Trey Tucker comes from the strength of the offense and runs backside. And you've only got a couple of guys over there. AJ Epines is the defensive end. He goes inside the tackle. I have no idea why he did that. So the Bills will immediately lose the edge on the play. And then Trey White is your corner over there. And Trey White doesn't see the reverse. He's inside following Devontae Adams. And Trey Tucker's, you know, fast little guy. It's good speed. Has a good angle on Trey White. Beats him to the perimeter. Now, eventually, Trey White combines with Micah Hyde to make the tackle, but it's 33 yards down the field. So an unbalanced look. A.J. Epinesa goes inside. Trey White doesn't see it. And you got a fast guy that's got a lot of space. Now it's first and 10 from the 16, another unbalanced look, very similar set in terms of, I think it was, again, five to the right of the center, three to the other side, but the fullback was more in a traditional lineup. He wasn't offset to the right. He was more stacked behind the, the, the quarterback. And it's a play action screen. There's a play fake, and then Devontae Adams kind of just runs a, a little screen route and they throw it to him and he scores a touchdown. And there's some things here that, that are wrong. Colton Miller, the bill, the Raiders left tackle is three yards down the field when the ball is thrown. So first of all, they should have been called back due to an illegal man downfield. That doesn't happen. He blocks Trey white. And then the overload puts all the bills defenders on the wrong side of where the play is. It leaves only Micah Hyde who's in a deep alignment to make a tackle on Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams makes him miss in space and gets into the, in the end zone. But the bottom line here is you have Colton Miller, three yards down the field before the ball's thrown. I mean, that should have been an illegal man downfield. So that's what happened. You had him in some good situations and then they had you in two unbalanced looks and get 50 yards on two plays with one of them coming courtesy of an illegal man downfield. I said I want to mention something with Jimmy Garoppolo in this game um, because I think he played very poorly. I thought his field awareness and instincts were subpar, very poor decision-making. I thought he had some opportunities to work the ball down the field, but his eyes never got there. And so I wonder if the Bills knew this was a tendency of Jimmy G's and 
they moved as he moved and even moving if that meant vacating the leverage of their zone responsibilities because that allowed it some of these guys to kind of streak down the field and get open um and so i thought there were some opportunities for them in the passing game but jimmy g never really kind of got his eyes around right he would just kind of move and eventually make a decision he would never get back to stuff he never really adjusted his progression based on the bills coverage spacing and how they reacted and so I think there were some missed opportunities for him. I don't know why he doesn't want to throw the ball to Hunter Renfro. He was hoping a ton. But just something I wanted to point out as we celebrate a great Bills defensive performance, but I wonder what this means for some of the quarterbacks are going to, the Bills are going to play moving forward. Um, I know that Jimmy G didn't have Jacoby Myers, who is their number two receiver. Um, but there was certainly some space for him to throw the football. and. Again, I don't know if it was just the Bills choosing to play this game a little bit differently, knowing that Jimmy G likes to get the ball out quick and that he's not really going to work progressions and come back to reads. Uh, but there was some space. There was some space. And I don't know if Sam Howell next week is going to be the quarterback that's going to take advantage of it. But Tua and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, these guys are all coming up on the schedule. And the Bills will have to be a little bit more secure with their coverage on the back end or else those guys are going to complete some passes again. I wonder how much of it is just a product of some of Jimmy G's tendencies and the Bills being willing to be a little bit more aggressive to come off their landmarks, but just something that was kind of evident to me as I was studying the Raiders passing game. Defensive snap counts. The Bills played 40 defensive snaps. Defensive ends of the 40 defensive snaps, Greg Rousseau, 24, Shaq Lawson, 24, A.J. Epinesa, 18, Leonard Floyd, 16. We know Leonard Floyd hurt his ankle in the game, and so I think that's why, obviously, his snap counts were a little bit low. And you see Shaq Lawson's the guy that gets that opportunity. Defensive tackle, Ed Oliver, 24 snaps, Daquan Jones, 17, Tim Settle, 14, Jordan Phillips, 10, Puna Ford, 14. So Jordan Phillips still not commanding a ton of work at this point. Um, I'm sure he'll ramp it up as we move along. Linebacker Milano and uh, Benford played, I always say Benford, Bernard. Milano and TB, 34 defensive snaps. Tyrell Dotson for nine. Dorian Williams for six. At corner, Trey White, 34. Christian Benford, 40. Dane Jackson played six. In the slot, Taron Johnson, 32 snaps. Saran Neal, six. And then at safety, Hyden Poyer played 34. Taylor Rapp played six snaps. And Cam Lewis played six snaps. Studs and duds, here's my studs. And again, the criteria for this is whatever I want it to be. Did they do enough that I felt like they needed a little extra shout-out at the end of our conversation? So I got some studs this week. Their names are Josh Allen, Connor McGovern, Mitch Morse, Deion Dawkins, James Cook, shout-out, first 100-yard game, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, Terrell Bernard, Matt Milano. You make the play Matt Milano makes. That's 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 one of those special ones that we won't forget. So those are my studs. No duds this week. I didn't feel like there was anybody worthy. Like nobody played that poorly that I felt they deserved an extra shout out here at the end. So there you have it. Only studs this week. And that's going to tie a ribbon on our conversation about this Raiders game. Tomorrow on the podcast will be herd mentality. Then we'll get into the crossover preview on Thursday. Uh, with the host of Locked On Commanders, Friday, the primer, Saturday, you know what we do. Uh, a lot of a lot of content here, a lot of good conversations to get us 
ready for Bill's games and to reflect on Bill's games. So don't miss anything. Make sure you take a second to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Would love it if you told a friend, shared it on social media. All that stuff is so helpful. If you're on YouTube, like the video, leave a comment. All of that's so helpful. I really appreciate it. You guys have been awesome. So much great feedback on these All-22 review episodes. They take a little bit of time, but they're so much fun for me to put together. I know you guys love them, and so thanks for being here. All right, folks, have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.